This is an Alliance podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Border Culture Podcast, soccer podcast for us, by us, talking about the intersection of black culture and soccer. Got your boy here, Grego here. Got TK here on the ones and twos. We got guests. We got more guests. Talking talk about our homie from Tiger Spies, Dan Vaughn. What's up? How you doing, Greg? Hey, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. And man over here to Dan's right, someone I've actually been wanting to get on the show for quite some time. For those of y'all in the soccer community, you, you might know him for various things. He tried to run for vice president of U.S. soccer. He is a heavy advocate for the open system in American soccer. And honestly, he's a, he's a good dude. Uh, Chris Kessel, my man. Welcome to the show, man. Oh, thanks for having me. Super excited. Yeah, yeah man. I wanted to have you guys on uh, to talk of the NISA Independent Cup that actually just started um, on this past week. Uh, kind of get some education about that tournament and whatnot. Looks like um, the spring season of uh, NISA just ended and now going into the summer we're going into the Independent Cup and uh, definitely want to you know, get, get some um, some eyes and ears on that and whatnot. You know, give a, give a slight change of pace, you know, during the summer because we just got done with the Euros. We just got done with Copa America. Um, Gold Cup just started. Like you know, we got we got. It's a it's a good time to be alive right now. Like you gonna get your damn <laughs> soccer fix this summer. You can like you you. No matter what time of the day, it could be three o'clock. It could be ten o nine. You gonna get your soccer. So. But uh, what's good with you, TK? Chilling, man, watching this Panama Qatar game or Qatar if you are a PhD. Um, yeah, it's been a good week. Um, been chilling, a little slow pace at work, which is a, a very nice surprise, welcome surprise, uh, especially off of that four day week. So, yeah, just been hanging out. Word, word, word. Yeah, thank, thanks, you guys, for for getting at us this week on your podcast apps Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audio Boom. Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, and the FTC UTD YouTube channel, and of course, the Alliance <laughs> um, for tagging us pods. Um, I don't know where to start here, because I feel like just the weekend alone just kind of just, it was a lot. <laughs> it really was a lot. Um, but I feel like... If, if, if nothing else, especially coming off of last last week's show, we got to get a shot to tie. Messi did it. Messi finally got it. Nope. And so, Chica, did you ever watch The Wood, the movie? Ooh. Yeah, I'm not ringing a bell. Sorry. Oh, my goodness, man. I'm sorry. Maybe I've seen it, and then I don't remember it, which... Honestly, it happens more often than not these days. Like with Boris Chestnut? And- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Mm-hmm. So, of course, during the flashback when they were kids, and uh, and uh, I think it was Slim. That, no, it wasn't Slim. Um, uh, the kid from North Carolina, like, he was getting uh, Keisha's number. And his friends were like, you know, I'm trying to get all the numbers that I could find. But 
when he got the one number, he got Keisha's number. He's like, yo, this one, this one number is worth 10 of them girls up in here. And I feel like Messi getting Copa America in Brazil is like worth like it probably be a good two or two or three international trophies. Cause I feel like this is something that Maradona hasn't done. And given, of course, Messi's body of work, the fact of him winning in Brazil is huge. I think that's something that actually will go down pretty, pretty big um, in his overall resume. But um, did y'all catch the game on Saturday? I didn't. On the only what I. What, my, the question that came to me out of that match was like, were there people questioning his goat status before this? I mean, do, like I get, like I get it whenever like a player maybe struggles in a particular competition or something, but like mm-hmm. Messi's credentials sort of speak for themselves. I mean, dude is in my mind, and and I'm not the biggest world soccer guy. Like I sometimes I don't I don't catch everything that everyone else is watching. But like I, I felt like Messi was pretty uncontested. I mean, I, I say uncontested. He's like one A or one B, depending on how you see with Cristiano. Um, I don't like Cristiano as much for some of the off the field stuff. But right. like Messi is like that guy that like he's just he's a quiet like killer. Like that dude is like he is going to like change every game that he's playing. So for me, like it was weird watching. Like oh, now he's the goat. I'm like. He wasn't before. Like, it, it's weird to me because, like, I never felt like this particular competition was holding his back. I always felt like that's the rest of his team. Like, it's not his fault that team doesn't win. Like, it's always been the rest of the team. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, it, I, of course, me being me, I can definitely make a great argument for why Messi is not. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's, 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 it's impossible to just negate, you know, his body of work. I mean, Given everything is under Barcelona, of course, like I said, I could make a good one because up until this is basically his first major trophy that you could say that he's won since uh, Javi and Iniesta left Barcelona because he hasn't won Europe. And like I always say, like like between him and Guardiola, they they haven't won anything big without Javi and Iniesta. Like those are two guys that you could be like, oh. Without them, all this shit falls apart. <laughs> uh, I, I take that. I take that counter kind of defense, and I'm not a City fan or a Guardiola fan, but winning the Premier League is no easy achievement. Doing it more than once is certainly no easy achievement, and he has done that without any other Javi. So, let the record stay. <laughs> He's won leagues everywhere. Like winning the league is is fine. Of course, his they, he got brought to Bayern to win Europe didn't happen. Did he make a final? And thanks to your boys, he's still over in uh, at, at City in Europe. But that's a whole other argument and everything. But but yeah, Messi. It was great. was great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was a great final. Uh, Di Maria got the uh, winner uh, that in uh, in the final and managed to hold um, uh, Brazil to to a donut and. Um, and like I said, it's a that was a real dope moment. To, just to see the amount of emotion that Messi showed for winning, because like you can't yeah. for everything that's, that's happened with Messi in uh, with an Argentina national team, just like all the starts and stops, and like, hey, fuck y'all, fuck you too, and all that shit. <laughs> um, you know, to 
reached this point, you know, at this point in his career, I, I think probably makes this win that much sweeter. Uh, what what you uh, get a chance to um, – did you get a chance to look at it, Chris? Yeah, yeah, I watched it. and I, I watched a lot of that, the entire tournament. And I felt that in addition to the fact that Argentina won it, how he played during the whole competition, yeah, leading it in goal, leading it in assists, leading in dribble, leading in chances created, leading – you know, he led – the entire competition, basically every statistical category came, and they won. I mean, I think that that did put to bed any kind of doubt that he, like, chokes, you know, and the other arguments that people try to make about him in international competition. I mean, he put all that to bed by being by far and away the best player in the entire tournament. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, like... Just of like the few games that I was able to catch, because most of the games I actually watched actually were with uh, Argentina. So I, I think that speaks to just even if you're not thinking about Messi, you end up watching him, and you're just like, yeah, like with, without him, like you probably wouldn't be watching this tournament. Like he is that he is that type of star player, and he sh- and he showed up, you know. So and unlike some people who we will get to later on in the show, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that uh, it's uh, and there. There was one part I actually I could not help but just laugh at uh, in the post game because I didn't realize that Messi and Neymar haven't faced each other at all. Period. Since because um, they were teammates at Barcelona, so like basically they're like this like the first time you see them like on the pitch together, and then um in the game because. Because Neymar wasn't there two years ago when Brazil beat Argentina in the Copa semifinal, so this is basically um, it. And um, they shared an embrace uh, uh, at, after the game that like would have rivaled any type of of emotional uh, embrace, like the bodyguard or <laughs> <laughs> or Robin Hood being enticed. Like you just, it was just like the, the camera just. Spinning all around him, it's like, oh my god, I, I can't believe that it's been this long since I've seen you and everything, you know. <laughs> and like, all you want to do is just play. I will always love you <laughs> during, during the moment, but um, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's, it's definitely uh, good to see Messi. And then, I'm not sure like how people view the Copa America because it obviously doesn't get the same type of coverage that the Euros do, do or even right. the Gold Cup. Um, does here because like they didn't have a TV deal here until like a couple weeks before the before the, um, before the tournament started. But um, I definitely think that if there's ever a tournament that you should be checking out more often, it's definitely the Copa America. I think um, are they going to a um, two year cycle now, like like the Gold Cup? Is that the plan? I feel like they they've, they're definitely running them a lot more than they used to. I do believe so, is what I thought I saw, but. Uh... We'll get stat boy on it. Uh, I think we have a mentor in the wings. Yeah, so I feel like, like the goal. Contact. I feel like the goal is to like get them like on the same cycle or the same year as the Euros. So I said, um, it's, it's it's definitely um, if you catch it on the right summer, you get all your fix of soccer that you can stand. But um, yeah. but yeah, uh, TK, can I ask you a question? Did it come home? <laughs> it didn't deserve to come home. It went around. 
as uh, Benici said very clearly to the, the camera uh, as soon as they, they, they got that penalty. And, uh, uh, and it deserved to. The way that England fans acted after the match was... Not disgusting. even after the match. I mean, you're right. Before the match. Yeah, you're right. I mean, but that is a little bit of like, it's got this crazy like duality and like it's reflection of society with like this happened at Manchester United with the fans breaking into the grounds and then with the insurrection here in the United States. So like there's a lot of things that are kind of like accompanying these acts or like moments like you could just like mark and you know on the timeline as far as like society essentially just boiling over. Um, in one way, shape, or fashion, and how it's now peered into soccer. But th- this is a, an unfamiliar thing. Um, but back to the match, I mean, it would have been nice to win it, man. But um, I can say shout-out to Jordan Pickford. He yeah, he is- showed up. Like I, It's funny because, like, the last couple of years, especially like, since the World Cup, I was like, are we sure this is the guy that should be starting for England? And, but he showed up during, like I think he had a very solid tournament. And yeah, not my book. I'm not a, a, a pick for fan at all. Zero, zero, nil, nil. Um, but yeah, he he had a, a good tournament, and to their credit, Walker and Shaw had an excellent tournament. So I think that yep. pairing of those three that was a, a good sign. And the only thing I can really walk away from it is like my, I guess my takeaway is that is like. Many times as I had an issue with Garrett Southgate's lineup, they got to the final. He's been hired in 2016, or he got hired in 2016. In two years, he made it to the semifinal of a World Cup in Russia, you know? And then now we're in a final of the very next international competition in the cycle. So I hear all the people saying Southgate out, but right now I think we have to ride the wave because you know, I also think it's Steve Holland. I think you have to ride the wave because all they considered like there's who would you hire if if you let him go? Because there's not a great deal of English coaches out there at all. Like I, I, I know, Chris, you 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 go into a lot of about the issues with pay to play and everything. Like they have much of the same issues that we do when it comes to just getting coaches out there and getting certified. I think, like, I was reading something the other day, like, like the number of, like, I think it's, like, um, level B uh, coaches in England, like, it's, like, like, two or three times less than what they have in, like, Germany or Spain. Yeah. And when you're dealing with just that much of a, a dearth of, of coaches out there, like, how, like, how can you, you know, Develop that next great English coach because, like, because especially when all the, all the top coaches in um, in England are normally looking elsewhere. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I I agree. I mean, I don't know. I mean, as much as I found the substitutions at the very end for the, the to get the guys on to take the penalties a little bit weird, you know, and everybody, you know, and everybody I was setting with felt that it was weird. I mean, it's hard to argue a semifinal and a final in your first two tournaments, you know, in charge. It's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit hard to argue against that. You know, so it's a results-driven business, and 
those results are better than what they they've been, had before yeah. for a long time. Right. So I mean, you know, do you really think that finding somebody else is going to deliver better results? You know, and if you don't think so, you have to stay with the next guy at least for one more tournament. You know, is he going to win the next one? He went from a semifinal to a final. Is the next yeah. one a win? Yeah. You know, or is the next one, you know, a quarterfinal? If it's a quarterfinal, you get rid of him. It's a, if it's a win, you made the right decision. Yeah, I think especially like given the, the examples you saw earlier in the tournament, like with France and with Germany, I think that, of course, given their recent successes out of the past decade, I think they're, they're kind of case, case in point examples of, okay, like, is this the right time to go ahead and, you know, cut bait? Or do we feel that, you know, this is still, you know, we can still ride this out at least through the World Cup and see where things are. I think they already, the FA already uh, said, like, you know, we're committed to Southgate through 2024. And I'm like, okay, you know. I mean, he said, though, he's got to see what it's like after 2022. But I think given COVID, that automatically pushes him you know, past that mark. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that just given the general turnaround going to you're starting now, you basically have what eighteen months to uh, to the World Cup, like five hundred days or, or less. That's five hundred days. Like you really have to just say that, like, do we have enough? Are we in a good enough place to where? we can ride this out or do we need to go ahead and cut back? I think like with Germany, obviously they already made the choice and, um, and um, parted with Yogi uh, Lowe and France said, okay, we're still good with the champs. But um, yeah, I think uh, South, Southgate, I think just given the magnitude of losing at Wembley in a final off a of, uh, PK shootout, I think everyone's kind of just like still shell shocked from that. they like, I'm not sure like what way they want to go, but I do think that they whatever happens, they have to get over this hangover real quick. Because I think that given how English soccer media usually is, they're going to have to just find a way to block it out for like the next six or seven months. Like, hey, we got to just push it, push ahead. Well, I got a question for you guys. Do you think if the final wouldn't have been at Wembley, that people would have viewed it in a much better light? Like, if that Probably. final would have been in Berlin, you know, Probably. a neutral site, do you think everybody would be happy with the result? Honestly, it, yes. it would be nearly as toxic, I'll say that much. Because, like I said, like, they, their expectation was obviously, we're at home, we should win. Right. And, and given just how that shootout kind of unfolded, I think that... Um, yeah, the backlash is, isn't quite as severe if, like I said, they're in Ukraine. Like, no, it's, it, it, definitely, it definitely will be the same. What, what you got, TK? No, I, I agree. I think the, it's definitely not going to be nearly as big of a thing where, like, you have people talking about it in between matches at Wimbledon. You know, like I mentioned it on the pod previously, I was like, England is out of control right now in the sense that they have like, you know, I, I joke that the Tour de France started in the English Channel and that with it, along with Wimbledon uh, concurrently happening with the Euros having so many matches taking place in England 
you know, and Wembley specifically, it's like they could have certainly spread that out and like shared the wealth of nothing else. But UEFA really, you know, they, they, I don't know what England did, but I do know they wrecked their 2030 bid with this bullshit yeah, here. So like, I will say that. Let's get into that because, like I said, you're, you've mentioned the post game shenanigans, but like, we actually had to go into like the pregame uh, shenanigans because before the game, and what did I tell y'all? Tell you last week, I was like, "Watch this, watch day," because I think the plan was to go sixty thousand. That looked like a smooth eighty thousand that got in, a smooth eighty thousand, and that's because fans decided to bum rush uh, the gates at Wembley, and yeah, it, it turned into a, a, a real situation. And, um, like, to the point of where they had, like, 50 people got arrested. It probably should have been more. People were injured. And I definitely think that um, there's been talk that UEFA uh, just might uh, punish the, the English FA and um, and Wembley. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think that, you know, like, even before you get to all the racist bullshit, yeah, you got to deal with, like, yeah, your security was definitely suspect. You know, on that note, Greg, like, so I don't, like, when it comes to international soccer, I got one team that I root for, and that's it. Um, and so I don't really get into, I, I wasn't into the Euros, like, some, some of y'all, I, even apparently as y'all talk about it, clearly y'all were more into it than I was. But I, I, I not, well, I love soccer too, but yeah, there's plenty of soccer going on. I'm with you. But um, for me, you know, I so I didn't really come in with a rooting interest, and I started paying attention right at the very end of the semifinal. And like English fans are the worst; they are the worst. Dude. Like they are Dude. gross. Like yeah. I mean, like, and, and don't get me wrong. Like I feel like there's a lot of American soccer fans who feel like we owe something to England in the sense of like that we are somehow less than them, and so they worship at the altar of you know English Premier League and like all of all of that. But the reality is, man, their fans are the worst. They're racist, drunk, fighting, like rioting. Like it, it was all the, all the stuff that we see in the United States. And they, we call people, you know, hooligans and hoodlums and all this stuff. And it's all happened in England this time. And it's like, I, I, I don't know. I rooted against England just because their fans are so gross. And don't get me wrong. You could probably find that in any major cultural center in Europe. Like you're going to find crappy fans. But like the number of crappy fans seemed a, a little bit over what I would have expected in England. And it was, yeah. And then like the, the weird footage of the fans breaking into the stadium and the fans that had paid were fighting the fans who were breaking in. It's it, chaos. Like, people, were like, people were losing their seats. It was like, wild. Like, like just that whole dynamic. And like, of course, you, you saw the behavior and you're like, oh, I see where we kind of pick up those habits from. And yeah, it's just. Uh, and it's funny because like, especially given the, the last couple of years, like I said, you had the, the, the World Cup semif- semifinal run a couple of years ago. And now you have this like it's definitely you've seen everything ramped up to a higher level compared to like, you know, 06 or or. 2010 things like that like because the team has gone deep and that's giving people hope 
And with that hope has come some belligerent ass shit. <laughs> well, and you know, you, you, you hinted at it, but like the racism that came out after, right. after the missed penalties, like, I, I don't know. I saw that quote. I, I, someone put it together. I saw it on Twitter, but, uh, Osel, when he quit playing for, for Germany and he said that when we win, I'm German, but when we lose, I'm an, I'm an immigrant. And like yeah. for the same thing for these players that, but they're black now because because they miss kicks or because the kicks didn't go in. Like right. it it's it gets to the level like again I, I don't under like look, you're playing for your national team. I don't know any way around it, right? Because you only qual you can only play for who you can play for, right? Like when it comes to your national federation. But it, it just it sucks for these guys because what other option are they to play for this team with these terrible fans? And I know there's good ones out there too, right? I, I don't think that like any any body of people is is completely homogenous, but it, but it's just like the gross, predictable reaction. Like even even to the point that people were trying to sort of get ahead of it because they knew it was coming. Like it says something about your fan base if people are already like basically preparing themselves for the backlash of racism that's going to come against these players. It's just I don't know. It's hard to. Uh, we decry racism in this country. We should decry racism over there. Like it's, it's not acceptable anywhere. And it, it sucks because these players are the best that country has. Harry Kane gets a free pass for everything because he's white. And I, I can't like, I, I, it's just, it's frustrating. Yeah. Like, sorry, Harry Kane fans. No, nah, don't be sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I'm on record saying he's the, he's the American Wando. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I like let's 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 get into it. So you had the uh, the game with the pick uh PKs, uh one one uh in uh through extra time and so yeah, like the first two uh kicks by England by Harry Kane and uh Harry Maguire, uh now they went in and then you had Marcus Rashford who hadn't played the whole game, uh Jaden Sancho who hadn't played the whole game, and then uh, Bieko uh, Saka, who honestly had a, a very suspect sub sub appearance, and um, Maji, you had like I think like by the, by by the time they they took they put those uh, by by the time they put Rashford and um, Sancho, and they had like I think like a good seven attackers to choose from um, just to, to do PKs. You had uh, Realish available. You still had Sterling available, and that. That played most of the game. And I'm like, I can always speak for how I look at it. I would have like, I would have been okay with using one between Rashford and Sancho, not both. And then I was uh, talking to uh, our homegirl, um, Sills from Shea Butter FC, and she was like, one in five should be your top two PK takers. And I have a very hard time thinking that Saka was your second best uh, PK taker available i i just don't see it now i think he held his own throughout the tournament but the, the final he didn't have a great game but but yeah like i, I think that you probably sometimes he's got to read the room it's like, like yeah like this isn't his his vibe and everyone handles pressure differently and i i think that you put them in, in a very in a in a, in a it just it just wasn't a good situation. Did you happen to see the video of Gary Southgate in the huddle before assigning penalties? Yes, yes. I, 
I had a joke for that uh, when I first saw it. I was like, like is, is he giving out like or, like uh, like to go orders or something? But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, got, I definitely saw that. And um, yeah, I, I think that this. I, I know um, Realist came out uh, yesterday on uh, Monday t- saying that yeah, I, I volunteered. I volunteered as tribute. Like I, I wanted to get in there and and um, but he wasn't uh, selected in the in that first five. South Bay walked right by him, but he like. Barely looked over his shoulder like, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, talk about getting just like <laughs> brushed. I, I think it's frustrating, though. Like, players miss penalties. Um, yeah. Even great players miss penalties. Um, the, the keeper they were going against was, was the man of the tournament. So, like, yeah. Like, we should, or excuse me, I think fans have to accept that there are going to be times when even the best player will miss a penalty or have a penalty stopped. And that has zero to do with anyone's race. At some level, it has zero to do with anyone's age because young people can miss um, uh, penalties. Old, old players can miss penalties. It is, it, it like, it's this frustrating, like, level of defeatism that people have. And I understand that there's a history in England when it comes to these tournaments and that some of that fatalism comes from that. But, like, to mark these players in a way to question the quality that, that they clearly have in every level of, of sport that they've played to somehow make it about this single moment is ridiculous. Just like we were talking about when you, when you look at Messi. Was Messi not winning that cup did, did, before? Did that make him... I guess you could say it made him less of a player, but did it make him a shit player? Absolutely not, right? Like he was still one of the greatest of all time. So I, I get that's where I get frustrated is just that reaction of like this player's crap now, and like oh well he, he sucks, or and it's like what? Like there was this one moment, and and for these players, some of these guys are in their early twenties. You're trying to define a career that has just started, and these are some of the best players in the world who play in some of the best leagues in the world, and you're somehow defining them by this single moment. It's ridiculous. Sorry. I got fired what up you there. got, Chris? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I... Basically, you know, it's they're, they're not a crapshoot. A lot of people like to say they're a crapshoot, but... I don't know if you all, I, I shared it on Twitter like a week ago. I saw this very interesting study that somebody did about, you know, PKs. They mm-hmm. analyzed every single PK that had been taken in a World Cup, the Euros, Copa America, uh, and like Champions League, mm-hmm. you know, for like 40 years or something. I mean, it was like thousands of PKs. And, um, they went through like how long after the referee's whistle before the person takes it and you know just like all of the like the reaction after the first PK taker makes it they overly celebrate what that does to the team and, and if you win and lose and all this stuff and I mean I can't imagine the pressure in a Euro final to take a PK I mean look I'm 45 and I know what it's like when I take a PK in my over 30 indoor league. Like, so I can't even imagine what it's like to feel like if you're going to let your whole country down. And I've worked in my your, whole in life. In your national stadium. Yeah, in, your, right. in front of everybody. And, you know, quite honestly, you know, Rashford and 
you know, Sokka and Sancho, they probably knew if they missed yep. what they were going to have to deal with, you know, yeah. in a way that the, you know, the Harry Kane, it didn't even cross his mind, you know, yeah. and I can't imagine. And dude, like, I think that a lot of times regular people make judgments about irregular situations that they can't even fathom. You know, if that makes sense. No, it, it definitely makes sense because I think that I think we probably see it more commonly with basketball, um, mm-hmm. just in all the the amount of hot, uh, hot takes that are that we see throughout all the debate shows and everything. And um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that of course it's only ramped up over there because this is supposedly their sport. This is this is what they were getting. To, like it's supposed to be coming home, and, went, and instead it went over to Rome, and. You know, it's my 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 only fear and hope, especially for Saka, because he's only nineteen. Yeah. You know, the good news is that he's young, and there is time to basically still make his own mark, so to speak. But at the same time, he's young, and until England, you know, finally does win an international trophy again. Every time a tournament comes around, they'll be like, hey, remember that one time Saka missed the winning PK uh, at, at, at Wembley? That's always going to be brought up until they win. And, like, you want to be able to you'll, – you'll, they're not going to be able to, to move on, and you just get reminded of it every two to four years. Like, yeah, remember that time? Yeah, you missed. Oh, yeah. And that, I think that's for him, though. Yeah. He can get out away from that. There's, like, opportunity because he's young enough. Yeah. Like, hopefully, yeah. you know, between what he does at Arsenal and, you know, assuming that he's able to maintain his form and improve and continue on with England, you know, he gets that opportunity you know, to, to get right because all things considered, I think that they still have a, a very young squad that you know should be able to compete through twenty twenty two and at least twenty twenty four. So and probably even twenty six as well. So I'm curious. Fun. I'm curious if we won't see a generation of young black men, oftentimes from immigrant families, make decisions about who they play for in these national tournaments. If they start looking to where their you know where their families may be from, mm-hmm. you know two or three generations back. And maybe make decisions based off that. If this is the reaction, when you I, lose or fail, uh, why not? I uh, cannot so remember who said question. it. I cannot remember who I saw talking about that on Twitter. But it was a very famous, you know, English player who's retired was talking about that very thing. Like, look, you're right, problem. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember if it was him or not, but because I don't want to assign it to somebody and be wrong about it. But they, he was literally talking about this very thing. He was like, look, you know, if, if you have the opportunity to play for somebody else, you don't have to deal with this. You know, you can go play for Jamaica. You can go play for, you know, Ghana or Nigeria or whoever, your, wherever your ancestors are from. You have options, you know, and you don't have to deal with it. And I was, 
Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's just something that I think that it, it's something that if you're a young player and you have aspirations to be at that level and you have the ability to be at that level, you have to make a real decision about, you know, your health and future. Because like you all are talking about, like Saka is going to be known for this forever, you know, in England. But if you are with, you know, like I can't think, you know, uh, Sterling, I think that he could have played for Jamaica, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. If he would play for Jamaica, he would be a national hero. National hero, yeah. Right. You know, so, yeah, it's going to make a lot of these decisions. You know, tougher. I think for people. Yeah, and I and I, and I piggybacking off off of that. Um, like, I'll, I'm not sure if he's made it a, officially official yet, but I know like there was some buzz on Twitter Monday. You know, just following all of this, where uh, uh, Callum Hudson Odoi, uh, your boy from Chelsea, CK, he was talking about switching from England to Ghana in response to this. And I definitely yeah. do think that, and I I know Jamaica. They've already been making it kind mm-hmm. of like their their mo like the past like year or so to start looking at a lot of uh, English uh, expats like you know your parents came over let's uh, let's see if we can get you up uh, yeah. and uh, I definitely think that between most of the Caribbean islands and the West Indies uh, definitely a bunch of African countries yeah I definitely think that. They're going to look at what happened here and, and really, you know, just be like, we need to take pause and, and, uh, you know, see like, a, do we want to put up, put up with this? If all, if all you're going to do is shit on us the moment that we fail, you know, cause I think, like you said, Dan, Harry Kane doesn't have to worry about this. Grills mm-hmm. doesn't have to worry about this. Pipper doesn't have to worry about this, but you know, like people want, like, People will probably find room to bitch at Sterling, and he and honestly, had England won, he's probably to play the tournament for them. And probably is not the way to say that. He's definitely to play the tournament. Yeah, you never know what you what you ain't. But I, I I ain't giving him that much credit. Well, you know, my fa- my favorite player for that England squad is Rashford, um, who plays for United and is like the model citizen, like the the yeah. nicest, most like generous person. And like still getting crapped on because of, because of it. It's so frustrating. Just, I don't know. I, I, and that, the, the, the abuse that Rashford has taken has gone on for years. Exactly. He has an NBE for crying out loud. Yeah. He's like like, what you want your son to be. Yeah. Or who I want my daughter to marry. (laughs) Yeah. Everything that he's done in the past year and a half, you know, trying to get people, you know, kids lunches and everything, basically Mm -hmm. going against the government itself. You know, just trying to keep people fed during during the pandemic. I'm like, dude, like, it, it, it's 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 just funny, like how people will switch up the moment that you do yep. something that you know is like a a, a, a breach to them. Like, it, it's 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 absolute bullshit. You know, like we've seen, you know, I think he has like a mural in Manchester. Mm-hmm. It got vandalized, but then of course supporters, you know, they've done something real dope and just you know. And pay tribute to him, you know, over top of that, um, over what got vandalized, and uh, it's, it's actually made for a really beautiful moment. But, um, but yeah, I, I, like I said, like 
if, if for all the black English players out there, if you would like to come to America, we, we welcome you with open arms. You know, MLS, MLS a little janky. MLS a little janky. You know, you have to figure out Tam and Gam a little bit. But, hey, at least you know the people over here, we fuck with you. We roll with you. So Honestly, if we get that an influx of players, then Tam and Gam could disappear. I don't trust Garber that much, so we have to see about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds great in theory. It sounds great in theory. But um, but yeah, of course we were remiss. Yeah, congrats, Italy. Yada yada. Yeah, y'all so <laughs> right. We all we talked about was England. <laughs> and but, but, but they did have a great tournament. Donnarumma had a, an excellent tournament. It's going to be abs- it's absolutely wild that. He's about to move anywhere he wants on a free. On a free. I'm like, you're basically, you are the, the next Buffon, the first Donnarumma. And yeah, you're basically going for nothing to probably the PSG or whoever got the, got the money right now. Because yeah, he's, he's about to be a very rich man. But um, Who's the best goalkeeper in the world? I want to hear from everyone. Oh, right now? Right now. Um. Was he playing in the Copa America tournament? Was he playing in the Euros? No. Um, Certainly not in the Gold Cup. <laughs> rude. Rude. It's, Ochoa might, might be liked by some people. You never know. Also true. Also true. Um, Wouldn't be me. Up until... Say it. Say it. No, what, the, the keeper for Barcelona. I actually like him a lot. Yeah. Oh I, I actually do think, like, with with them moving on basically to the next generation for Germany, I think he has... a Stands a really good shot of uh, taking over for um, Neuer. Yes. But um, I, I, I like him. Of course, Schmeichel had a very solid tournament. Mm-hmm. Who was that? Smart. Schmeichel. Mm-hmm. Um, Schmeichel. But uh, of course, there, there, you know what? There is one guy that you know allegedly wears blue um, mm-hmm. in Chelsea that. I actually probably would get the title to do to be uh because I actually have a running joke on on Twitter now. Whenever something crazy happens, I'm like many would have got that, many would got that. <laughs> so yeah, I actually like I, I personally I would say Mindy. I think Donnarumma definitely is a uh, top four, three, something like that. Um, I like uh, Onana. I like Oblak. Um, this is a top five, Gregor. What, what, what are we doing? Who's number one? I, I, I had to think it like once, once, once my brain started going, I, 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 it started flowing. But I got you. <laughs> started going. And, uh, and uh, Allison, Allison, yeah, yeah, Allison's good. Yeah, I, I yeah. with keepers, you know, it's like I feel like until they really, really fuck up, like. You, there is, you say it's top five. I mean, that is what it is, right? Like, I don't think 
I don't think that the difference between number one and number five or even number 10 is that great. I think it's, I think it's just like it's inches. And I always think Neuer for, for, you know, Germany and he's on his way out. And to me, like, I, I, I don't see him making massive mistakes. And so for me, like, I think, I think of players like that. It's like, I like show me, show me how he, he sucks. Show me how he's fallen off. And I, he's getting older, but like all these guys, you can keep until you're in your forties, fifties. I think, um, with, with, with Neuer, I think he kind of ran into, this, into the same situation that, um, Buffon did for a while, mm-hmm. where it's like he was hurt for so often that really, really didn't have a, the time to really see him get featured. And then once he was healthy, it was like, Oh, that's why he's the best. And, um, I know that uh, that I know Bayern has already made plans as far as getting the next heir apparent. I forgot, I forgot who they um, bought from um, Schalke to replace him, but I, I I don't see. I think that in Neuer's case, the drop off isn't that much. It's just a matter of staying healthy. But um, I mean, like you said, like the the difference between one and ten, not a not a great deal. Neuer yeah. is the keeper. Uh, Bayern, Neuer. What you got, Chris? Yeah, I, look, I honestly, every time I see a keeper make like a great save, I go, man, that dude's like one of the best keepers in the world. <laughs> like, I mean, there's just, there's so many keepers that make amazing saves that I think it's, you have, I can't make a decision. I mean, every single keeper that you all have named, in my head, I go, oh, I'm getting ready to save him. Nope, 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 I'm getting ready to save him. Like, every <laughs> single one of them. Because you can make the case for, like, ten guys. You know, yeah. but I would say that um, Schmeichel and Allison are probably, like, my two favorites to watch. But that I'm not necessarily saying they're the two best. They're yeah. just, like, my two favorites to watch, if that makes sense. And as a Coach Tony shout out, I, I can't forget Kelo Navas. Can't forget him. <laughs> but, Coach is probably going uh, for Onana. Yeah, yeah. It's a free, free Onana. But um, yeah, that, that's that's our finals recap for the Euros and and uh and the Copa America. On the flip, we're going to talk about the Nisa Independent Cup more with uh, Dan and Chris. And uh, to We'll have a quick word from our fam and protagonist, and uh, yeah, we'll be right back. What's up, lovely squad members, and welcome to episode 14 of Shea Butter FC, the podcast by, for, and about Black women in soccer, featuring your hosts, Sky and Sills. This week, we introduce a new segment, SBFC Soccer School. We discuss the week of action in the NWSL. We hand out our SBFC superlatives, open up our library once again. We finally give you our hybrid list, and we introduce another new segment, SBFC All-Star Wars. And as always, we bring you our hits and riffs and rants and raves of the week. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SBFC underscore podcast. We'll see you next time. And we're back. 
man, 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 man. Um, you were saying something about uh, Cindy Cohn having an interview today uh, well, before we recorded. Chris, what, what was going on there? Um, so she had a Q&A with Aspen Institute. They're the people that do like um, all kinds of sports uh, surveys and state of the nation when it comes to athletics and whatever, participation surveys, things like that. And uh, so, you know, they were just asking a bunch of questions that were submitted from participants in the conversation. And, uh, you know, long story short is, is she just sort of danced around a lot of very hard questions and uh, without giving the kind of straightforward answers that um, many people were hoping to hear. I don't know what it is about, about that office. It's like, can't get a straight answer to save their life. Just can't do it. But um, like, like, like I mentioned in the, uh, in the past couple of weeks, I'm looking forward to 2023, the sum free U.S. soccer. We'll see where things go there. We'll see. Because right now, still got some shit. But um, talk about some good shit. Um, uh, first off, uh, congrats to Detroit City for winning uh, the spring music uh, championship that they won it like two weeks ago. Yep. Yeah. The LA yeah. Force won nothing. Yeah, we uh, we have a, a decent relationship with most of the Northern Guard, I think. You know, it's... Uh, it can get spicy from time to time, but you know it's cool. Cool. Shout out to Dion. But uh, NGS always keeps it spicy. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> so, Nisa Independent Cup. Um, is this uh, new as of this year? No, Nisa Independent Cup actually rolled out during the pandemic last year. It okay. was planned to launch this year, but they, when so much soccer got canceled last year with the pandemic. The Independent Cup was done as a way to get teams still into the mix, and it was a way to sort of create buzz around the league without the league actually playing, uh, and was released in a very limited way. I think there was only four regions last year, and this year there's nine. Um, I'm going to get corrected if I was wrong on my region count, but I know there's nine this one. Uh, 64 teams this year. Um, so there is a lot. I should say 63 because one of them dropped out. I forgot about that. Uh, thank yes, you, uh, 1904. Yes, yes. Yep. San Diego. Yeah. So it's, I mean, this, in, the Independent Cup is this amazing sort of, I, I, it's an idea that is very similar to the Open Cup, or sort of in theory, right? That we can have both professional and amateur teams from multiple leagues come together and play in this. It's 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 basically a series of friendlies. It's it's designed as a tournament, so there is a regional winner, but there's no sort of uh, no playoffs after that, at least not as of yet. Um, so, but but it's this awesome idea, right? So you have these pro teams in NISA paired with amateur sides from the NPSL, the UPSL, the EPSL, Southwestern Premier League, Midwestern Premier League, all over the country. That it allows exposure for these teams. The vast majority of these matches are um, either being aired on BN Sports Extra or are being shown online through Eleven Sports, formerly Mycujo. So there is like, it's 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 fun. I mean, like we watched so uh, House Chicago House AC Peter Wilt's new club 
actually went up against an NPSL side, uh, Milwaukee Torrent, who have had this really amazing regular season in the NPSL. But it was like, and House is very much at the beginning of their roster development. So it was like, literally their first ever game. Yeah. And they, so it was like, what are we going to see here? And in theory, a professional team would have a better chance against an amateur side, but this is an amateur side that's been playing a full regular season. The MPSL had gone, I think I had lost a single match all regular season. And this was last weekend took on Chicago house AC, who was at the very beginning of their roster development and beat them to nothing. So I think like that's the kind of stuff that you want to see in the open cup. It's the kind of stuff that you want to see in the independent cup. And it's not. I don't think that you're going to see a ton of professional sides lose to amateur sides, uh, but it allows this opportunity to see the underdogs against the teams that are in theory superior. And that's fun. That's, that's part of like a cup system that you want to see. It's why the open cup is so popular. And it's, it's why it's so baffling that the Federation doesn't seem to care that the open cup is continuously shunned over and over again by the, the decisions they make. So the Independent Cup is a great p- place for fans of the Open Cup to come as sort of an alternative. Like, basically, it's sort of a NISA-created, fan-created uh, alternative to the lack of an Open Cup. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely love it. And I think, I've said this several times, I think it's the most exciting thing in lower division soccer right now. I mean... You know, it's nine regional cup competitions currently. And I, if I'm not mistaken, they said they want to get to 16 regional cup competitions in it. Oh, wow. I believe I, I can't remember exactly, but you know, it, it's just like Dan said, it gives these amateur teams that, um, from what I understand, these are people who are expressing the interest, you know, in being aspirational, moving from you know, an amateur club to a professional club. Because if you listen to the announcers who were the Milwaukee Torrent announcers, they said actually that their players got paid. You know, they're Mm -hmm. not, they're just in MPSL, but they are professional players for the summers. I'm I'm somewhat familiar with the Torrent. Like, of course, given, given the Milwaukee area, I'm like, you have the team in Madison, like, yeah, there there should have been a, 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 a major professional team in in Milwaukee by now, and of course, uh, yeah, the Torrent have been around for some years now. Yeah, I mean, and it was a, it was a good game. I mean, like you know, it was. Look, I I love the idea. I've watched, you know, that was last year. I watched a lot more of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I've only gotten a chance to watch just that one. I I put my I made sure that I put it on my calendar. Because I wanted to watch Chicago House's first game. So mm-hmm. I set aside some time to make sure that I caught that one. And I'm sure that as they're on being Sports Extra, I'll catch more of the games. Um, but it's a very, a very interesting, you know, development. And watching, I mean, look, the Maryland Bobcats, you know, won their, their section. They beat New Amsterdam last year, I believe, and, you know, to mm-hmm. win their, their region, and now right. they're in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so I think if you look at it and you look and see, like, hey, they have fans in the stand. Hey, they have a great team. Hey, they have a professional, you know, look to their whole organization here. You can see who's trying to make that step 
and putting Nice is doing a good. I mean, for all of its faults, they're doing a great job with this incubator to call you know for future professional clubs. You know, as much as I love the competition and what it does for lower division soccer and how it brings all of these teams together in these regional cups, you know, for what it's doing for the league to bring people in, put them in the environment of, hey, this is going to be a professional event. And you're able to judge what the teams actually look like, you know, as an organization and how they're managed and ran. It's a great kind of, you know, thing to see. You know, when you when they say, hey, we want to be a part of the league, you can see what it's going to be like, even if it's just for four games. And most leagues, USL doesn't get to do that. You know, so hopefully they're going to continue to bring in good, you know, good clubs to, to grow the league using this as a showcase. For well, yeah. there is. Let's not forget. There is actually one USL side, uh, not a USL championship side, but a USL two team. Yeah. PDX is PDX, playing right. in this. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think that I'll, as a person that's watched, uh, let's say over the weekend, I watched, I think, six of these matches because uh, I have a problem, clearly. Uh, <laughs> but uh, while everyone else was watching Euros and other more, I guess, uh, more um, more professional soccer, I was watching I was watching these. But But I will tell you, it's an interesting mix because there are some teams that draw fans. There are some that don't. Uh, the It was amazing, particularly on Saturday, when there were matches kicking off all over the country at different times, and you were just you were going from one place. You know, Tommy Smith was doing the announcing for um, Lansdowne Yonkers, and really? oh yeah, well he's he's their honorary president, and so okay. Tommy Smith like it, it, listen to Tommy Smith do a call. Now Tommy Smith is older now uh but still listening to that irish like like accent coming through yeah i mean and he's great like he's a great and and he's fun and listening to that like he did the call for them um there were uh teams some teams like uh lsr lone star uh, lone star republic that play um in uh uh north uh northeast texas um they're out of the dfw area their feed was as good as you'd get out of anything less than MLS uh, because they focus on that. It's one of the things that they do as a club. Now they ended up drawing two, two, but these are like great matches to watch. And I am for a long time. I've, I've, so I've been covering amateur soccer for, I guess, three years now, three and a half years. And one of the complaints is the streaming like that. Oh, well the streaming sucks. I will tell you that that sometimes is true that there's bad streaming. But streaming has fundamentally changed the way that fandom is in lower league soccer, that you do not have to live locally and you could still support a team. Teams like MPLS City, um, teams like, you know, I'm trying to think, like, there are teams all over the NPSL and the UPSL that can draw fans from all over the world because of streaming now. And tournaments like this, like the Independent Cup, can shine because they're allowed, like these streaming platforms are allowing fans all over the world to watch this soccer. I, I love it, man. I get fired up. I'm, I am fired up. I, I watched a lot of soccer this weekend. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it definitely creates a market for, it, especially, of course, given the overall jankiness of 
our system where everything is pretty much top heavy towards MLS, you know, just having, you know, just that exposure, you know, it creates demand and it says like, Hey, I want to see this too. It's not just, you know, what you see in the top 30 or 40 markets. It's there's, there's teams within those markets that, you know, deserve attention as well. There's teams of billing Montana that we should pay attention to, but I would, I would say, I would say that what, like, the benefits are not just for the t- clubs themselves, right? It's also to these players who have an opportunity to have exposure against maybe talent outside of their league. Um, if they're playing against the pro side, it's a chance for a pro side. If I was Chicago Nisa, I'd be looking at that torrent roster for potential players for my roster because then they just beat you. Um, those are the kind of matchups that, that are allowed in this tournament. I can remember, you guys remember the Open Cup, I think three years ago, when Florida Soccer Soldiers beat a USL side and then went on and lost to a second uh, USL side. And one of their players, the players that had scored the goals um, it, it, during that tournament, actually got signed by the USL side, which is a sign that if you players can get exposure and they're talented, they'll have the chances. The problem is our system sort of creates these enclaves where talent is, isn't seen and it just withers away. I, we don't have a very open system. And so tournaments like this create opportunities for these players, for these clubs. And these clubs are also in some ways auditioning for potential investors to come in and help them go up, uh, with, I mean, let's be real. Like cash is part of the equation here. And, and, and who has the money will, will unfortunately decide sometimes the extent to which these teams can rise. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of cash and exposure, I think TK has a uh, a story in relation to that in two of them at least I think. Um, but um, but yeah, man, I I, I definitely is uh, uh, I'm mad that I missed the Chicago House because I I definitely have uh, friends involved uh, with that. Plus, Peter will you know. Some people in, in the culture have mixed feelings towards him, but I, I know it, he's been cool towards me, at least personally. So I'm all right with him. I'm all right with him. But, um, you got to spank. So, so what? You got to spank. <laughs> Who knew? But it was like a bunch of games. It's like, to Dan's point, there was like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine games on from 4 p.m. to freaking. 5 p.m. So it's a lot of matches. That's a rival song, you know, what you see from MLS on a match day. So, you know, I mean, with the streaming quality, the way, or, you know, the way it is, and uh, you can even get that, uh, that, is it Elon Musk has the, the satellites internet in the, in the middle of the woods if you, if you really <laughs> need it. I mean, like, access is there. Access. <laughs> There, man. Uh, between him and uh, Richard Branson going to space, I mean, hey, the, the rich people try to, trying to get it straight, man. We got people starving to death, but the <laughs> rich, pe- rich people get to go to space. Thank you. Right. Yeah, for what it is. It's like our priorities. I think Bernie from <laughs> Bernie Sanders, God, man, if, when that guy dies, it's <laughs> the, the world is really going to be a sad place. Knowing but, that um, all causes. But yes, again, uh, you can catch. Uh, Nisa Independent Cup. Uh, you said through. Well, what's what's the new name for my Cujo? Eleven Sports. Eleven Sports. Yep. So yeah, definitely get your fix of independent soccer uh, 
And like I said, check out some new teams because you know that like there are a lot of people out here that that do not quite realize that there's a shit ton of soccer beyond MLS, and this is definitely you know basically at, at the heart and soul of it, you know, and it goes coast to coast. So you know, you, know, you, you never know like what what team you might check out. And be like, hey, I, I'm not, I'm from not that far from there. I might be that person from Billings, Montana, and be like, yeah, my team's actually in in, in, in the Pinnacle Cup. And let's check that out. So, get that, get that a shot. Like I said, we, you'll have there's more than enough soccer this summer. So yeah, give that a shout too. So, but um, but yeah, before we go up to over to that course, uh, before we do our August break uh, next month, make sure that you get over to ftcutd.myshopify.com. Make sure you get your name sets. Make sure you get your shirts. I can already tell you right now, because once we go on break, I'm working on the merch and everything, but definitely at least what we have right now, go ahead and get it. It makes our podcast uh, great. It makes you great when you go to the games and all that jazz. I'm loving that shirt you're wearing right now, Greg. It's looking yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need uh, Oakland to uh, figure out their, their first, first get <laughs> take care of COVID. Please do that. Yeah. And, it, and then... Work out the, the her situation because yeah that, that's that's a bit unfortunate but um there's a whole story behind that turf man <laughs> yeah man like I, yeah, that 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 is like the what what's the, what's the movie uh the traveling pants to the, just the traveling <laughs> turf like yeah I, I I know a little bit about that turf but uh but yeah yeah make sure you got you can get this shirt here you can get other shirts you can get um hats and all that stuff at FTC UTD you can get the, even that had the TK's wear right now and the mug and the mug. I, I would typically have my mug. I'm, I'm drinking my Stella right now, but hey, get, get, uh, get out and support. We're also considering doing personalized, not personalized, but personal sized uh, three by five culture flags. The one that look like this, but they will look like something. Said, that was big, uh, and I miss it at the games. Are we are we going this week? Are we going? I, dude, I have a baby. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to get the fly back at the game. I'm trying to get it back. I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> you can come pull it off the ceiling. It's fine. Put it up my cold dead hands. <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. <laughs> like, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll meet you at the door. <laughs> oh, man. So, like, let's uh, get up in this uh, two up and two down, man. Uh, I know la- last week you were kind of quiet on two up and two down, uh, TK. Hopefully, we got some um, some good shit for you uh, this week. What, what, what we got for you, man? No, down is England. Um, up is, I don't want to say it, but because I have such a hard time as a Chelsea fan, but shout out to Jorginho as, uh, the man Brooklyn, came through. We the say she's five. Yeah, but with Italy or Italia. Um, I, 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 you know y'all, y'all, Chelsea deserve a shot because y'all were up and through the final four. Y'all really were up and through it. The only place Chelsea wasn't was the Copa. So we don't have any Argentinian players. That's not been a strong suit of the club is to bring in Argentinian nationals. So uh, at least with the history, but not here or there. Um, yeah, big, 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 big down is, um, England. Big, big up is, um, geez, I forgot what I said, but also another up is, um, ah, the, the chick who won Wimbledon, man, she was um she's from Australia, and uh, I can't even remember her name, but she was uh she was just delightful to watch. I don't even like tennis, you know. I was just like, 
Uh, Marty. No, no, she she won the 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 women's um women's single. Oh, the doubles. No, not the the doubles. The the singles. Yeah, what party? Is, is it party? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got you. Australia. I, I got you, man. Like I said, like, I'm sorry. Yeah, Ashley, yeah, yeah. Okay, it is. Thank you, Stat Boy and former Gregor. Uh, Ashley Barty. Yeah, shout out, man. Cheeky as hell. Um. Mm. Do we have another down? Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. But I didn't really want to get into that. And I also thought that we might touch over that with, um, with just like talking about, um, lower league soccer and, and amongst I, Honestly, I, I, I think that, uh, so for those of y'all that don't know, uh, Louisville has a player that's getting looked at by Real Sociedad in, um, in Spain. Um, uh, apparently, uh, I forgot the name of the player. I'm about to pull it up right real quick, but, um, he had a deal um, in his contract where, where the previous coach John Hackworth, who played uh, coach at um at Orlando, if he left the club, he could leave for uh for a free, like we talked about earlier. And Jonathan and so, Gomez. So what? Jonathan Gomez. Yes. And 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 the. The team had to put out a statement saying, like, yeah, we fucked up. We got, we've got to reevaluate how we do our contracts. Because, yeah, obviously, when you're talking about, like, going from USL to La Liga, that, that, that deserves a good bit of change. And it sounds like you're about to be SOL in terms of, of getting that money. Um, what, what, have, have y'all been following that any data, Chris? I, I literally just read about it, like, 30 minutes before I came on with you all. And I was, well, you know, couldn't understand really what was going on, why you would allow a clause like that in a contract. That's just wild to me. That's absolutely wild. Yeah. But, um, like, I, I, I definitely think that as USL grows and as lower, lower division soccer grows, that's definitely something that you have to just take into consideration, especially like how we talked about earlier with players getting exposure. And you got to take into consideration that people now have access to you to where they can see like, hey, I like how this this player plays. I might want to go check him out and, and uh, give him a trial at least. And yeah, you can't be that sloppy. <laughs> you just can't yeah. be that sloppy with how you do your business. And um, I'm sure that USL will probably look at this situation as a whole and be like, yeah, we gotta we have to make sure that we're not cutting ourselves off on potential business. Because this is definitely a big opportunity for um Jonathan Gomez and definitely a big moment for for Louisville and they might might they might not get shit from it. So yeah. What else you got, TK? Yes. Um additionally I guess I, um, <sighs> what would be my down? My additional down. Ah. That you haven't been to a game in forever? Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to, I guess, it kind of comes back to England, but yeah, man, uh, something that we, I guess it's an up and a down. I guess we'll, that's how I'll do it. Yeah. So, um, we have F1, um, Silverson coming up this weekend, or not this, yeah, this weekend. Um, so looking forward to that. It'll, it'll be a, you know, F1 
Formula One in friggin' England. It's great. Um, but down to that is, um, Argus uh, up, up. McLaren, shout out Lando Norris, getting into, uh, third place at the, uh, the previous race, uh, two weeks ago in, um, in France. But Lando Norris was also at Wembley for the England match. And this is one of the best race car drivers in the world. And he was robbed. Someone stole his watch. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. But just the, like, the, the craziness, like, I'm not sure what everyone saw or didn't see on Twitter, but, you know, it just looked like a bunch of 50-year-old dads just, like, waiting for Italy fans to literally, they were running, like, freaking cats in the rain, dude. Like, from the, imagine running from your seat in the concourse through to just, to like, to an exit door. Like, people were just getting, throwing wild punches, and that shit was disgusting, so... Apparently, in the the melee of that, Landon Norris uh, got his watch stolen. So, big, big down again for England. Uh, I guess you could big, big up to uh, the the black players. You know, Saka. Um, hopefully, he has a blossoming career away from Arsenal, and that'll take off. Um, shout out to Rashford. I wish him the best after he um, uh, goes under uh, undergoes surgery. And uh, shout out to Jane Sancho. I, I wish him the best upon his impending move to the uh, red side of Manchester. Uh, could have been a blue. Could have been a blue. But we'll, we'll see. I think we got Holland coming on the way. But I digress. And that's it. Pass it off to one of these good fellas here. Danny boy. Let's do it. Two up. Let's go. I mentioned I mentioned uh, before we started recording that I used to be a big uh, Texas state politics guy. And if you are following Texas state politics right now, they are following along. We are unfortunately a state uh, run by the same people that run a lot of southern uh, states and in the worst possible way. Uh, but they were passed a bunch of or tried to pass a bunch of uh, voting restrictions and uh, there's a host of bills that they tried to force through at the very end of their session and the Dems split at the last second and because of that there was no quorum which is required for them to pass laws so they had to close out the session come back in special session well the Dems split again and are now I, my understanding is they're all in DC right now arguing for the national lawmakers to pass some of these um these laws that would protect voting rights across the country. So shout out to them because sometimes, sometimes you got to run to win. And I'm good with that. Like, uh, because in this state, the state that I love, uh, it's, there's a lot of uh, shitty people in charge. Uh, my second up is the writer, Clint Smith, who I sort of discovered, uh, about a month ago. Um, I, I, I've been a big fan of, uh, ta Coates who writes for, um, the Atlantic and Clint Smith is also a writer for the Atlantic. I happened to discover his book, how the word is passed um, and listen to it on audible. I'm a big fan of audible books. If you're not, I get it, but I love them because uh, I can do other things in the same way. I listen to podcasts, same trip. And it is about how we tell the story of slavery in this country. And Clint Smith's writing is some of the most like powerful, poetic, way of writing about it he goes to very specific places across the country i think he visits five or six different places uh he visits um a prison he visits an old plantation he visits monticello uh visits, visits mount vernon and talks specifically about his own experience his own family it's just a book that like 
I, it makes you think about. I, I don't know if, if anyone that follows me on Twitter, I post a little bit about this as I was reading it. Some of the benefits that this country has benefited from, you know, a lot of times when we talk about the Civil War, we talk about the evil of the South and the goodness of the North. But the reality is the North benefited from slavery in the South all the way up until the war. And that that free labor in the South is what kept all the prices low so that the North could succeed and the, and the manufacturing base. It's not things that I had thought about before. And uh, it blew my mind as I read that book. So massive up to Clint Smith and his book. I, if you have, if you have not read the word is passed, how the word is passed, I would really recommend it. Blew my mind. Loved it. Uh, two down the naked English fan who was standing on the top uh, way too high up, way too exposed. He should have thought about what he looked like naked before getting naked. I always say that as a man, you should know what you're working with and how you look. Whenever you take off all your clothes, we can all look good in clothes. We can all pick a look that looks good for us. Maybe it's an FTC shirt. Maybe it's a U.S. Men's National Team kit. You got to make the call of what looks good on your body. When you take all those clothes off and you're standing up in front of everyone with their cell phones, not a good look. Not, I, the man wasn't packing much heat. And, and you know what? You're born with what you're born with. But showing it off is not a good idea sometimes. It's not going to, well, it's going to earn you a lot of laughter. So. So down to that guy and down to a lot of the fans for England, man. They just embarrassed themselves this, this weekend. It was it, a lot of, a lot of people put hoods on and it showed you could see it. Uh, and then, uh, down to the vaccination doubters across this country who continue to extend this bullshit pandemic because they hate science. I don't know if y'all heard in Tennessee, they are just announced today because of a Republican bill, all vaccine education not just covid vaccine education but all vaccine education in schools is being stopped so that will so basically the kids will no longer be encouraged to be vaccinated it'll be up to just just parents making that decision no education for children it is the anti-science bug that has bit the republican party is repulsive it's why there are hundreds of thousands of dead people in this country when when particularly now that vaccine is out there. Go get your COVID vaccine. Protect yourself. Protect your family. Protect strangers around you who have compromised immunity system. Don't be. Don't join these people on my two up and now my two down. Man, you had something to say today. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Can't help myself. You give me a platform. <laughs> to yell. Just love it. No, Chris, and B seven will take it. Chris. So All right, I think well, you got, got, got the got the hang of this. What you, what you got? Well, I got I got two ups for sure. Um, the first one is I want to say happy birthday to my oldest daughter Kaya. Yeah, fifteen today, and um, you know she made me a father, changed my life. So that's the biggest up that I can possibly have right now. So that's my first one. My second one is is I want to say congratulations, to Coach Smee. And um, West Virginia United from USL2, who uh, made the USL playoffs, friends with a bunch of the guys, you know, in the coaching staff and ownership group. And uh, they set a record this year for most wins, most points, um, just all kinds of great things. And uh, so I want to give that's my second up and, uh, you know, can't wait to see him in the playoffs and the USL two playoffs. 
And then, um, you know, two downs, you know, I, uh, I don't really want to give two downs. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I want to keep it really, really positive today. And I'm going to give a third up. Okay. Oh, no. We changed the game. Yeah. I'm going to give a, I'm going to give a third up, a third up. Okay. Um, I want to give a shout out to all of my teammates. We started back playing over 30 soccer for the first time since the pandemic. And, uh, we won our first game last week, uh, 17 to six in indoor. And, um, I'm so happy to be back out there with all my friends playing for the first time in a year and a half or whatever. And I think that that is, uh, outweighed any of the negatives going on in my life, you know, today. And, uh, tomorrow I'll get back being mad about all the anti-vaxxers, you know, just like Dan and, uh, arguing with them on Facebook. So, you know, tomorrow I'll have all kinds of downs, but today we're making three ups. Hey, that's what's <laughs> up, man. Exchange. Appreciate y'all being on this week. Uh, let's, um, let me get my downs out, out of the way real quick just to go ahead and take care of that. Uh, first uh, down has to go to Stephen A. Smith. Um, I'm not much of a baseball fan anymore. I use that, that's technically my first sport that I played growing up. So I, I still have a, it's still a special place in my heart for baseball. And um, of course, the uh, All Star Game is just finishing up as, as we record. And um, of course, the the big name going to the weekend was uh, Shohei Itani from the LA Angels and Japanese player like pitching and hitting. He's just fucking unreal. And, uh, Stephen A. Smith basically made it, made it a point to where pushing that, uh, Major League Baseball should be pushing him to speak English. And of course, there's a whole lot of, <sighs> there's a whole lot, whole lot with just that part alone. Cause like, Personally, I don't think MLB does a good enough job with just promoting players, period. And they haven't in quite some time. But, you know, you can't knock the guy for having a translator and speaking more freely in his native language. I mean, like, he might be able to speak English, but that doesn't matter. Like, you want to be able to get your thoughts out in the way that suits best for you. Now, if, he, if later on, if he gets more, more comfortable speaking English, cool. No problem at all. But, you know... You can't make you, can, you should be putting person in a person in a place of discomfort just be, just to appease the general audience and like that's just bullshit. And I'll, and 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 then he also made a, a, another note that actually honestly really bothered the fuck out of me. Um, uh, the USA basketball team been sucking like crazy, um, warming up for the Olympics. They've already lost to. Uh, Australia and Nigeria, but he made it a point to knock uh, the Nigerian players, especially many that are kind of like the soccer team where you have dual nationals that are born and raised here, but they're eligible for Nigeria. And basically just making it about, you know, it's, it's not a very xenophobic and just lacking any type of type of nuance that, Hey, people here can acknowledge their, their their countries that their parents are from or grandparents are from and you had like you can't pronounce Okafor like it's absolutely dumb like he's the highest paid paid uh, personality at ESPN you know and he's adding the 
a whole ass full course. If you fought him long enough, you know that hey, this is kind of par for the course for him. But yeah, I, I, I feel like he's he's taking advantage of the fact that he is the highest paid person and just saying some real ill shit. Um, aside from aside from that, really just uh, like so I don't even have another damn like that's that was really was my damn. As far as my ups go, uh, shout out to again. Honestly, I'm, I'm still buzzing from Columbus last week. I really want to do some more traveling. Um, you know, so I'm hoping that between the Henny Derby, um, I can get out, uh, get out to Chattanooga. I think Chattanooga won their, uh, independent cup game. And, um, I know we haven't been up there. Shit, two years, man. Like I said, fucking COVID, man. Wear your mask, please. Get your, get your vaccines. Please keep doing that. Please, for the love of God. Um, and don't fake the funk adding like you take your mask off, adding like you have gotten your vaccine when you know good and damn well you have it. Don't do that. Don't be that one. But, yeah, um, I hate to call out my UPS driver, but you know who we are. But hey, man, you got vaxxed? No. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, uh, like, so just, I, I love seeing my, 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 my fam shining. Of course, I shout out to, our protagonist fam, shout out to Shea Butter FC, shout out to the whole clique, Two Cents. Because um, yeah, L did a show with you uh, last week, right? Yeah, he came on um, He came on Kicking Back, which is our uh, history podcast. and talked about collecting and his fandom. <laughs> L's funny, man. Dude collects comic books and like baseball cards and soccer cards that dude collects everything man it's wild and and it was a good it was a great show man if you haven't listened to that check out our protagonist pods uh feed sorry i just plugged myself there greg right in the middle yeah, of your yeah. two up two down my bad my bad no no you're good you're good i said we got we got, got to plug the fam and um of course diaspora unfiltered rakaya um cannot kick it i said the whole fam i said it, it, it's all love uh yeah i mean so they all, all the guys. So we're trying to be, trying to keep it positive, trying to keep it light, keep the love and all that good stuff. Of course, this week we um uh, the Gold Cup just got started. USA um played their first game of the weekend. We'll get into more uh, US stuff, especially as the Olympics are about to get started. So like I said, just hang tight with us on, on the USA talk. We'll probably get up get into that more next week. I wanted to make sure that we that we gave uh um the independent cup and, uh, and especially uh shout out to all the black English players. Again, just come over here. Just come over here. We'll, we got you. Trust me. You know, like I said, Tam lamb, we'll, we'll figure it out together. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, yeah, so uh, where can they find you on the socials? Mr. Kessel. Um, find me on Twitter, the Chris Kessel. And, uh, if you really want to see about my kids, my indoor soccer team, and uh, local politics from Charleston, West Virginia, you can add me on Facebook. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I basically just talk soccer on Twitter. So be Chris Cut. And of course, where can you find the, the fabulous protagonist spots? Okay, so there's a lot of our socials. Uh, we kind of do a little bit of everything. The main social. <laughs> the, the main social 
is at protagonist USA on Twitter. That is where most of our information is going. We've also got you could my own personal Twitter at soccer barista. Little mix of politics, rhetoric, and of course soccer. Then uh, at at night to Nisa, night to say Nisa. That's one of our podcasts. We have our own. You can look at us at at protagonist pods. Yeah. Okay. I think that's enough for now. But yes, all of those when they are all live, they all talk about their individual specialities. And of course, we're also on Facebook. We're also on Instagram. Uh, all the socials, just like for protagonist podcast, our protagonist protagonist soccer. You'll find us on our, all the other socials. But uh, we appreciate. By the way, Greg, thank TK. Thanks for having us on. Like it was, uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be on with you guys. And uh, you know, Chris, he's all right, but. Uh, <laughs> hey man, I don't care what they say about Chris. I, I know how. <laughs> yeah, that beard I'm, keeps I'm, it real. <laughs> I, I'm I'm glad that we finally got Chris on the show. I'm hoping that we can get him back on pretty soon. Because again, if if you haven't been following him, like he has definitely been a uh, man that's been in the trenches as far as trying to change U.S. soccer for yes. the better. And yes. you know, make it more equitable for everybody. So, again, you know, thank you for the support. And uh, like I said, if you have it, make sure you follow it at the Chris Kessel. And of course, you can find us on the social FTC UTD on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, like I said, we're uh, we're rolling through the summer, man. So hopefully you guys are enjoying us. We'll keep hanging out this good t- content for you guys at least up and up through August. Because yeah, we got to recharge in August. You know, school starts, all that all that good jazz. But uh, uh, hope you guys you uh, enjoy us. Until then, we'll have a new episode next week. Your favorite podcast apps. Make sure you subscribe to us on podcast apps. Subscribe to us on YouTube. And just enjoy it, basically. So we're going to have a good time. But um, until then, for TK, for Dan, for Chris, Grego, Mayor, Coach, we'll see y'all soon. Coach is real. Coach is everywhere. Come, come to the game Sunday, TK. We'll see you. There <laughs> <laughs> we out. <laughs>